Greetings Earthlings and welcome to something a little bit different to our usual output from First Aid Spray. Now, if you're like me and you yearn for the days of physical media doing everything it can to warrant a purchase, then you'll no doubt be a fan of DVD bonus features and, in particular, audio commentaries. My DVD buying was often swayed by whether it had an audio commentary track or not, and there's plenty of must-listen-to ones out there. Uh, which brings us to today, uh, where we're doing the very first First Aid Spray audio commentary track. And there can, of course, be no better place to start than with the most recent Resident Evil movie, Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. Now, in the booth with me today, virtually, are two of the Pueblo people who couldn't join us for the main podcast review of the film late last year. Sauntering his way in like a flaming zombie without a care in the world, but always with plenty to say. In our favourite soothing tones, it's Firebutton Steve Valance. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I see what you did there. Flaming zombie firebomb. It's beautiful. And stepping away from the forge to offer some steamy takes and just tell us, hey, 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 what's going on? It's Sherwin Matthews. I have no idea what's going on. None. And at any given time. <laughs> so, yeah, this is going to be an opportunity for you both to either gush or completely lament over Welcome to Raccoon City because neither of you were present on the main fast review. And once the film is over, you can both give a nice summary, but you're going to have lots of opportunity to say what you think before that, because we're here today. We're going to watch the film together and the listeners can sync us up with the film and, yeah, get an audio commentary that you didn't get on the home release, uh, because that was kind of lacking in special features. Um, so what I'm going to do for those listening, I'm going to hand this over to Steve and what Steve's going to do is give a bit of a countdown and an instruction on how to sync this up because Steve's the one in control of this. Um, so yeah, yeah, just pop in your DVD or Blu-ray or load up your digital copy or whatever you've got of Welcome to Raccoon City and yeah, and get ready. Uh, Steve, do you want to kind of take it away? We can get started and yeah, get right into it. Okay. Now this is not a, a definite science listeners, but what I need you to do first is as KDB said, boot it up, and then the second that the Sony logo has gone, bing, you want to pause it, and then I'm going to count you in, it's going to be a 3, 2, 1, and then, oh, okay, 3, 2, 1, go, when I say go, then we go, you press play, and then it's all synced up, and it's lovely, theoretically, <laughs> okay, so with that in mind, I hope you're all bracing yourselves for a, a lovely jaunt in Raccoon City and a bit of an adventure with us, uh, I'm quietly terrified, I've got to be honest, and enough stalling, Three, two, one, go. What a Sony so, logo. Mm, yeah. Uh, already, already in there with uh, the big marketing and all that stuff. <laughs> I'm trying to think who else made this film, and I guess we're about to see. Screen Gems. <laughs> oh, I, oh. I, I think Screen Gems is the first time, the first time I saw the logo was the original Resident Evil film, but I'm sure there was other movies that they made. Mm. That, that, it's that, that. That line between direct-to-TV and video game movie, yes. that branding of... Mm. Constantine Films, I believe, is W.S. Uh, Paul W.S. Anderson's outfit, right? Because I remember seeing that on Event Horizon, stuff like that. It is indeed. Um, thankfully, though... Well, well, I say thankfully. Little involvement with this film. Mm. Um, so this is the third time seeing this movie, I think, for all of us. Is that correct? Three t- This is the third time mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, third time. Do, um, out of curiosity, Davis Raccoon Films... Has anyone heard of that before? Or heard no. of them before, I should say? No. I like to think... Like... Go on. No, go on, Sherwin. 
I was just going to say, I, I, I see this and I begin to wonder whether this is somebody called Davis who actually makes like wildlife films about <laughs> raccoons and just got really confused um, and subsequently involved in this project. Did, uh, did you all just see the brand just there in the top right corner? The first aid spray advert behind the smoking nurse. It's uh, reference number one. Um, another reference as well. Uh, I'm going to try and drop in some trivia. So the credits font that's showing up, that's... Uh, that's a direct. There, there, there are millions of nods to John Carpenter over this film, but just the credit font yeah. there is written in the same font as Prince of Darkness. Um, so there you go. That's Carpenter reference number one. It's uh, it's also Please. worth just quickly jumping in. Uh, we've missed it now. It's a few seconds back, but there's a couple of Silent Hill nods in this opening part with the pink rabbit, as well as obviously the mm. nurse uniform, uh, which is interesting that they scraped those in, considering. Uh, yeah, considering what the, the format, what this what this actual film is, I'm sure Konami won't notice. They don't seem to do anything with the franchise, right? We can get Robbie and Lisa in; it's cool. Maybe. So this is obviously mm. the biggest deviation, possibly from the source material. Introduction of Lisa Trevor in the orphanage with Claire mm. as she's a child. How do we feel about this? Uh, I think I. Go on, Steve. Okay, okay. No, 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 no. I think the the (laughs) thing you have to understand about any Resident Evil movie is that it's never going to be something where it's based on, you know, Resident Evil. It's Mm. it's never going to be the Resident Evil that you know and are familiar with from any of the games or from any other medium. It's any any given Resident Evil movie is always effectively its own universe, its own thing, whether that be some of the the terrible things that have been done to the series over the years, or even the CG stuff that's a bit more direct, that it's just, you're never, it, it, that's what it is. And it's always, in, it, I always think of these as just inspired by kind of efforts yeah. as much as anything else. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Sai made a great point on the actual review we did of this, that uh, it's probably not possible to actually adapt it in the way that anybody wants it to, which is fine. And that's something I'm fine with. You know, lots of people know I enjoyed this movie and the fact that it isn't the same as the source material is not even one... I have criticisms. That's not a criticism that I have of this film. I'm just trying to figure out what is the narrative purpose of her, because like, she's clearly yeah. still like some kind of victim of experimentation, and she's just somehow able to wander the halls yeah. of an orphanage populated with kids uh, <laughs> while draped in the flesh of somebody. I think, uh, I think that's the, the worst part about the Lisa Trevor appearance in this, is that it is so completely pointless there, there's, yeah, there's simply like, no purpose for her to be you here. could take it out yeah yeah it's, it's the equivalent of a michael myers show up like why are they there you know why is this like a slasher villain looking character just sauntering around a village yeah. except in this case it's meant to have a scientific expl- explanation theoretically so so i can i can appreciate it as a nod yeah. and i understand it's basically a poster character but i'm also like doesn't really make me uh doesn't make me brain go yeah. anywhere so um, I think, now I might be, have to listen closely to this, but this, as Claire <coughs> approaches Lisa, uh, there's a music box playing, and it's Go Tell Aunt Rhody from Resident Evil 7. Ah, okay. There you go, yeah. Which I thought was quite cool. Um, and that's the thing with this film is uh, there's a ton of references. There's a ton of, you know, nods to things that may make no sense, but they're in there. And, you know, 
as a fan, it's fun to see that. It doesn't necessarily strengthen the film's narrative or, or things like that, but I do enjoy it. I enjoy little things like mm. that. I say, I think we've got one of the really good like poster shots now, haven't we? With Lisa's like, hair bleeding through one of the eye slots. And that's good. The hands coming out, you know, this is another thing I said. Visually, this film is fantastic. Script-wise and stuff, well, I mean, <laughs> not so. I think it's it's interesting, isn't it? Um, I think some of some of the cinematography for this is is very solid. Whether it be mm-hmm. you know some awesome nods to uh, to kind of uh, horror mo- old horror movies, whether it be something where it's you know it, in terms of the actual style of it, it's got its own unique, or not necessarily unique, but it's very well rooted in sort of horror movies. A lot of it is really quite well done. Yeah. But I almost feel like it's really quite well done to a point. Which is interesting because obviously I'm not I'm under no illusions that films are filmed literally from start to finish. Yeah, obviously they'll they'll do them in whatever sequence you know best suits production. But mm. the point is is there's there's like a cut off point I think in this movie where you start to lose all of the cool looking shots, all of the parts yep. where you go, that looks quite clever or that feels quite fun and it just starts to feel much like a made for T V kind of effort. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's really interesting. Yeah. Did they put a wig on Neil McDonough's head? Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> Has he been in a good movie yet? Uh, he was in Star Trek First Contact. And like five other other video game movies, I think. Yeah, p- point remains. Has he been in a good movie yet? <laughs> hey, I like Star Trek First Contact. <laughs> Robot zombies. What's not to love? Oh, actually, yeah, I do remember. That was a very young version of him, wasn't it? He was like the mm, random ends. Was... Yeah, I remember now. Huh. That's the problem with this film. I'm meant to be watching it as a film, and I'm looking for Easter eggs and stuff now. This is, uh... That's better than watching it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that bit from Red Dwarf with the tension sheet. So this this did something very similar to the Mortal Kombat movie, which we also reviewed last year. Whereas the opening sequence, like, I like this opening sequence. Whether you think you know Lisa Trevor doesn't have it is pointless. You know, just the tone this sets, the style, it's drawn out. It's like okay. I remember being in the cinema thinking this could be a really scary film, um, and then it just isn't, <laughs> which is a shame. And the Mortal Kombat movie did the same thing. It had an incredible sort of classy cinematic opening and then just changed into a Marvel combat, as as Steve called it. Mm. I mean, to be fair, right, the, 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 not to go completely on a tangent, the opening 10 minutes of the Mortal Kombat 20, is it 2021, yeah, 2019? Yeah, 21. Whatever. Yeah, um, with Sub-Zero and Scorpion, it's, it's almost some Akira Kurosawa stuff with a bit of comic book lilt to it. Yeah. Uh, vastly better. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Strange editing there, which I remember seeing. It just cuts back to her once. There's a few times where the film does this. It it hangs on weird shots and has weird cuts away. So here's Claire Redfield and the burger. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Everyone's favourite cameo, the RE2 remake burger. <laughs> I, once again, do you think that this, and this is an interesting point, what does... You could happily not have Claire coming into town in this vehicle. This is another change mm. where it's one of those things where you look at it and go, 
you didn't necessarily need to have this. You could just have that guy's a maniac. Why'd he bite me? You could, yeah. or whatever else. You, you you could happily have this and then just show Claire driving in on a bike at the start of her sequence. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, one of the complaints I remember Jordan, it might have been Jordan or Adam said, you know, this truck driver gets a lot of screen time when he probably shouldn't have. And it is a weird choice. It just feels like they went hard on Remake 2 and homaging to Remake 2. Mm. Did they... Um, um, was this filmed in Canada? Uh, I, I'm only yeah. making the assumption that because there might be a union thing where actors have to have so much screen time yeah. or something. You, you know, you think, you think about stuff like that and you, you very well could be right. But then also, it could just be we need the exposition scene. We need... Mm. things explained and this is what it is because there's very little exposition anywhere else in this movie i think it happens maybe one other time um i think yeah i mean that's that's a big complaint about this movie well clearly there's two things here the uh the first one's obviously relating to that point is i think one of the thing one of the reasons why this film doesn't necessarily work very well um if you're not a Resident Evil fan, it relies on you knowing what Resident Evil is and the, exactly. you know, what's yeah. going on in Resident Evil so much because yeah. there's so little actual um, exposition, there's so little kind of explanation of anything that it's it's just very half-formed. Like The dialogue doesn't make any effort whatsoever to tell you about what Resident Evil is. If you're a casual cinema goer who's never even heard of Resident Evil, those people do exist. Um, yeah, you have no idea. And yeah, you're, you're completely spot on. Yeah, it just fails as a point. But then, at the same time, if you're a Resident Evil fan, it, for all the reasons I'm sure we're going to get into, also misses the mark, because it just doesn't feel authentic to, to what we're looking at, even with bits and pieces. Um, but the other point I just quickly touch on, uh, purely because of the part where Claire turns on the radio there, and uh, I will be quiet in a moment, so we can all look at this uh, wonderful zombie standing up in the background. This is another one of those movies where I think um, Captain Marvel suffered from this as well, it sounds like someone who wasn't alive in the 90s went, here's some 90s music and this is the sort of thing that people listened to back then. Mm. It's like the, the way the way that pe- the music that people are listening to, the you know, the way that, that it's portrayed or whatever else, that sort of stuff, just simply doesn't feel on mark. Like It's almost like someone's went, oh yeah, well, this was a song then, back then, and this fits here and this fits here without any understanding of, of you know, that's not the type of person who would listen to that music, or that's not something which you would hear that particular track in that context, or whatever else. That's it's really interesting how much you know. There, there's almost you'd imagine of all things to try and kind of um, source and get someone to sit there and advise and go, "This is how yeah, you know, this is a good knob." That would be a really easy thing to do because you know old people like myself and Steve are still able to you know feed that sort of stuff I mean- back. Uh, the, the, you can lead into the like, you know, if you want to do more game references, literally Queen, the band, is referenced yeah. so many times with the Redfields, especially. You could have landed into that. Yeah. But yeah, um, you, you probably want Cotton Eye Joe over yeah. <laughs> half of this than some of the other things. Yeah. No, I, could, I agree. And I do wonder, you know, is that a budget thing? Um, mm. Because this film's budget is tiny. Now, you were talking about the exposition as well, Sherwin. So for me, I made a point before that this title card here. It's. Mm. I see this and I think, okay, this is explaining to me this film and that's probably all I'm going to get. And mm. I just kind of make peace with stuff like that. And, you know, I am a Resident Evil fan that watches this. And so there's a lot I don't enjoy about the movie. But for what it is, I think I don't need somebody to necessarily hold my hand because there's, you know, plenty of old schlocky movies where... Uh, Nothing is explained, and things are a bit nonsense, and it's more just a sort of a visual fun fest thing. 
and this is it the yes yeah. it's the most divisive legend in history yes isn't here it? he is bedsheet coming off the head <laughs> but yeah do you know I, what I, I get what we say about the, the the exposition and all that do you know mm. what I like Leon Carlos uh, I think <laughs> yeah. as much as as much as the casting does feel uh, an interesting choice or a bold choice whichever way you want to say it I do think the character of Leon in this is spot on to original Leon um, he's the strongest character in the movie for me uh, yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd, speaking of characters, I like. I actually like Wesker in this as well. Uh, I, Not I think like I, the original. But. I think. I think I would say this is this this character feels most authentic to their Resident Evil counterpart, um, with exception of I think they did a really, really, really good job of capturing Jill Valentine. They just gave her the Claire Redfield name. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, I digress because we can't skip over this scene. Yeah, well, you guys must have some opinions here. <laughs> So yeah, Jesus not a fan God. of that. Trigger happy Jill is so strange. Um, yeah, not really crazy about that. Just back on Leon quickly. Um, I'm a big fan of Leon in this film as well. And just to go back to John Carpenter again, uh, Kurt Russell's character in John Carpenter, at, uh, in Big Trouble in Little China, which is a John yeah, Carpenter film. It. It's based on that where he's this, you know, mm. buffoon who then... <laughs> Spoiler, kills the villain at the end, which is exactly what Leon does in this movie. Um, and whether he should have got the payoff, I'm not sure, but I do like he it. He does kind of get a rocket launcher from nowhere, if I remember yeah. right. Well, no one will get it. He got it from first class, Steve. Oh, okay. I mean, I like the sandwich line, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think Jill is easily, easily the most egregious misstep in this movie in terms of character uh, in terms of many things but certainly the character just simply doesn't feel like Jill and whilst no. I get it as in again as I said it's inspired by I'm still not sure it's the I'm still not sure that you you want to have something some sort of shell of the character still there at least for people to yeah. sort of look at or otherwise yeah again why are you actually making this yeah why, why is Jill here if that makes sense yeah why is she called Jill why is this Resident Evil it's a completely fair point and one of the most common complaints about the movie is the characters and what they embody um i i don't dislike i know it's not the jill from the games i don't dislike the jill in this movie i think she shows some the character that we get here although it's not worthy of the jill valentine name i kind of like her you know she's sympathetic towards leon in a bit Uh, she saves a lot of people in the movie um but yeah not to derail it's just kevin dooley right he could have been barry with that beard not not to (laughs) quickly just go recasting characters yeah Admittedly, I don't think Barry can be that much of a, well, a dickhead, but also <laughs> Jill's not so much the cool and collected person she is, she's more of a gung-ho maniac. Um, yeah, this is um, this is Kevin Dooley and Enrico, isn't it? Mm. Um, in two of the very strange random names where they should probably just not have done that at all. Mm. Yeah, it's just dropping names onto characters that become fodder, isn't it? Yeah. Visually, again, I just think this is strong. That's a nice wide shot there of the diner, and you talk about the cinematography, it does kind of fall apart a bit later. CG, I'm sure we'll talk about as well, but this feels like... It feels like a horror movie here. It feels like we could be going somewhere creepy and tense, and we don't really get that. Mm. Mm. So, right, we've got Richard. That guy's Richard, right? Yeah. 
It's a sweet moment. I like that. Also the first time those two characters have exchanged words in the entire franchise. Wow. And people say this film gave us nothing. <laughs> it, is, it is a bit weird how this is like, I think in relation to three different characters. So here we have Leon, then later on Claire and Chris, if memory serves. And then also Wesker, obviously. It, it's really interesting how much they made a point of saying how everyone wants to bone Jill. <laughs> mm. um, like, it, it's just a weird thing. Um, how they kind of steer towards that. I, I just found it very strange. I know Leon doesn't get a lot of highlight moments of being slightly more inquisitive and smart in this film, so the fact that he's the first person to point out uh, you're not going to get that checked is uh, nice, considering he's a complete yeah. burk half the time. Yeah, and I like that, yeah. the blood coming from the eye as well, and how we see this diner lady again later. Um, mm. Oh, here mm. we go, though. There are yeah, there are some strange things we can talk about in relation to the uh, to the zombies in this, uh, which we will get onto. But but yeah, I think <coughs> excuse me, I think having a um, you know portrayal of, of of the blood dripping from the eye is certainly one of the better of things that's introduced in this. Yeah, but, followed up by PS Two Crow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I like PS Two Crow. It was kind of fun. It's kind of dirty. <laughs> There's one later that looks a bit better, I think, which is possibly a practical one. Um... Probably. Blood still on the frigging like bumper in front of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She, she's fine, bro. Yeah, she just walked off. It's an interesting point. If you seen how high the blood splatter is up on that. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like either the the girl you hit who wandered off into the forest, which by the way is very unzombie like behaviour. Yeah. Um, really, you know, jumped in the air at the last moment or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh. See that's like the dog looks kind of good there with the foam, and that, and then just later it just falls apart with a completely CG dog. Well, I also think the the slightly weird thing about I think it's just CG in the eyes, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's slightly weird thing about the dog is how much the dog doesn't behave like a zombie. No. Um, like other than that random bite, which I can get. Well, he's turning. He's, he's turning. Yeah, yeah he's, he's turning. He's scared. Yet. He bites, right? Yeah. But after that, he kind of just doesn't feel like a zombie at all. No. It's kind of odd. But then that that consistency is we, we will definitely touch on that later on. Chris, it's like. Nowhere near Christmas. Why have you got lights around your door? Sorry, that's just completely sidetracking myself. It's frat house. He loves it. Pie <laughs> boy Chris Redfield. Yeah. yeah. Here comes uh, Claire, the master of unlocking. <coughs> Which, you know, why did they do that? It's an interesting choice again. But they did it. It's still, it's hard for me to dissociate Kaya Scodelario from Effie from Skins half the time, so See, she was a tearaway teenage troublemaker in that. Yeah, so. I've never watched that show really, I knew, it, I knew it existed, so I don't think I've seen this actor in anything else, so she is Claire Redfield for me. <laughs> oh, it's the Chernobyl zombies, yes, or, or which as they I call like. them in the credits. This is another thumbs up for me. Because you don't see it, and zombies are always the same in movies, and this is a Marmite-type thing. You're either going to like it or you're not. 
I liked it just because it felt fresh. And you see them later heading towards the police station, pulling their hair out, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I enjoyed that. Doesn't this take place... I mean, while watching the film, Steve, you'll find out. But is it, it, does this take place over the course of one night or, it does. or two nights? It Wednesday the 30th of September. Yeah, with the uh, mm. you can tell because it's got the really obnoxious and quite honestly a bit pointless uh, timestamps. Yeah, as you go mm. through, which which are an odd choice and not one I think you would really do. No. See, this is a professional audio commentary track. Stephen's seen this film for like two months. Hey. <laughs> Why would you eat that? Like, I walked into random house. Yeah. Why would you just eat some random rotting food on the table? Teach your brother a lesson in complacency. <laughs> I think when you just broke into his house, it took you all of about a point five of a second. Uh, I think you've taught him enough already. <laughs> a logo there for what I assume is the Raccoons, a local football team. Has that ever been mentioned in the games? Oh, I know there's some sports teams, but I can't honestly remember because like Outbreak has like there's there's, uh, there's a match happening in the opening FMV, like you hear on the TV in the background. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, you don't see the match, but you obviously hear about the match being broken up because of rioters. Uh. So, how do you guys feel about Chris? I was about to say, I think they did. I think they did Chris quite well. Hmm. Which is interesting because the... he's one of the characters that has the least character in the entire game series. Yeah, um, exactly. As the everyman of the movie, as the of the series rather, Chris. You know, I think Robbie Amell did a fantastic job as like RE one era Chris, <laughs> just a dude yeah. who's just trying to he did. get get through it in one piece and do the right thing. Yeah, his his backstory his backstory connecting to Birkin is a bit funky, but the rest yeah. of it is good. Mm. Yeah. See, it's sucking us in. This scene, we're silent. You can hear a pin mm. drop. Oh, I was just trying to work it. <laughs> I, it's the helmet. Yeah, this is I always can the da- see brother and sister arguing. Yeah. This is always the danger of every like commentary. You start watching the thing that you're actually supposed yeah. to be talking about. I was just thinking actually whether it's worth raising that the picture. I do like um, the picture of Birkin and Chris together there uh, that she just picked up and then dropped back down again. Um, what I do like the most about that is the fact that they've hit the tone perfectly right for that sort of PS1 slash 2 era where the pictures didn't look like they were actually been taken uh, very <laughs> yeah. well. They yeah. were just <laughs> like, two together. Yeah. Yeah, spot on. Also, Chris, like, you know, set the timer on your VCR, mate. Like, it's not that much. I know. Is it? This is a guy who still has Christmas lights up show and he don't care. He's, he's busy. <laughs> I mean, it's true. <laughs> Party boy Chris is not about that lifestyle. <laughs> and here's Benjamin. Mm. Yep. The uh, glue that holds this film together. <laughs> yeah. Turning him from a journalist into a conspiracy theorist, I can see where they were going. I, I mean, this is a game series or a movie that... What, a movie of a game series, Stephen. You're good at English. They would need a maniac with a pinboard. You know, they're yeah. always sunny in Philadelphia. Kind of set that up. I, I think. Mainly, that's more as a joke, but in this case, it works. 
what's what's interesting about what's interesting about this is the um it doesn't necessarily hold up in terms of how how she got this like he's obviously recorded himself talking about this thing that's happened and how bad it is but this is in a time where before you like sent videos to people via the mm. internet right so it basically mm. he recorded this on a camera and then sent it through the post to her at no known address because she's just a vagrant who wanders around everywhere or maybe she does have a flat somewhere or whatever but mm. sort of fired it over to her whereas she talks about how she talks to him all the time in chat rooms like if he's not concerned, oh, the internet chat room isn't secure enough, so I need to record this thing and send it to you through the post. It's the U.S. Postal Service. Mm. Like it, it's a weird thing that this video kind of exists, other than as a plot device. I mean, if he really had all this evidence and stuff, you'd think there'd be like a tape out to every outlet, not just one random crazy lady who did that on the what? What? It's like an on- online conversation thing in the, in the late nineties. MSN. Yeah. So here's another egregious change from the game, um, where obviously they're happily ah, they're yes. happily married. <laughs> Birkin and Birkin's wife and Birkin's daughter. Birkin wife who shall remain nameless. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Birkin's child isn't necessarily Sherry either. So no. So she's dreaming about a hunter, right? That's what that reference is. Surely. Mm. I'm still trying to figure out what Birkin's goals are. Like, he's doing all this science and stuff, but you don't really see, like, this is my life's work to do this, this, and this. He, like, just says one line about you can't have it. Um, not really much motivation to be an evil scientist. He just is. Well, he's, he's kind of like the budget version of Birkin. It's quite a nice shot, this, by the way. Yeah. Uh, just a side note. He's a bit Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it's kind of fun. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think, um, I mean, he's a bit like budget Birkin in this, isn't it? Like, hey, I used to have like a whole big underground lab and all this like money to do this. Now I kind of got an orphanage. Like, yeah. yeah, and he has just kind of, a, dun- a little dungeon. Yeah, like, I don't really have like that sort of cool stuff again. This is like the alternate version that Birkin could have gone. Hmm. Um, it didn't quite work out for him. I'm a sucker for air raid sirens, honestly. Whenever well, I see them, it's another uh, it's another nice Silent Hill nod, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially when in the moment, yeah, there you go. The lights are all going to go off, yeah. Um, which is another nice nod, yeah. So, how is it that, you know, I, I know you've got to suspend disbelief in these kind of things, but how is it that Umbrella's the ones calling the shots on when people can and can't evacuate the town? Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing, because uh, I thought they had left, mm, right? They abandoned it, yeah. from what I understand, from yeah. that little text box earlier. Yes. Well, I think you've also got that interesting point that I always have with anything like this, where, and we'll see it later on with that whole idea of, ah, oh, yes, the thing is, we, we, yeah, we, we've blocked off all the exits to this town and you can't go anywhere. But really? You've blocked off all of the all of the forests and all the other stuff around it? Like, no one's got any hope of getting out? Like, you can yeah. block the roads and stuff, but I'm sure there's ways out. So is that, uh, just quickly, is that a nod to the idea that the Stars members and, yeah, I guess the police guys as well are drinking sort of umbrella purified like a, water? Exactly, so they don't become yeah, yeah, some kind of, yeah, thing. That's it. 
basically an anti-viral uh, mm-hmm. been given, right? Which is a nice connection, connecting stars and umbrella a bit tighter. Because I mean, in the games you you read about it, but you don't really see much of umbrellas like funding and form. Whoa, hello, lady. Okay. Um, you wrote that backwards. Uh, I don't know what I feel about that nod. That feels a bit like too. It's there for a trailer. Mm. There's like a lot of things yeah. in this movie. It's there for the trailer. Yeah. I mean, it's not a diary, is it? It's ketchup on a bloody kitchen door. <laughs> well, it's interesting. They don't really show how she got the blood there. Obviously, she's taking it out of the eyes and then wiping it on there. Alternatively, I don't think he just showed her with a bleeding hand or anything to draw no. it on there. No. And the blood from the eye looked like it was coming after, but yeah. that way. Yeah. But I do... Falls errands, yeah. you know, in the rain. Yeah. I do like this bit, and I, like, I think these characters are creepy, um, and I like the shot of I guess the mum of this child running through and jumping through the window um, I think they do um, so something that this movie does quite well is uh, sorry I just let her have her, um, her entrance <laughs> there you go what a lovely lady um, yeah. I, I think they do I think this movie does quite well in terms of you know, giving you some really funky um, traditional horror vibes and again it's what I was saying about it like don't try and watch this as if it's a Resident Evil movie. Watch this as like it's a horror movie and you're kind of just there for along for the ride and it's his own interpretation or whatever else. Like there's some really interesting conventional um horror stuff, which is definitely where these two sort of fit in. Um and at that point, if they kept that going, I feel, I could actually probably like this movie a lot more. Because mm-hmm. it is it's definitely its own entity. It doesn't get too lost in trying to trying to tell any particular Resident Evil story. It could stay uninspired by. The problem is it does just skew so hard into trying to retell in the second half of the movie a Resident Evil story arc. And that's, again, that's when it really starts going a bit off the rails in terms of the cinematography as well. Yeah. I feel like that moment there where Claire got on the bike and jumped on, that could have easily been it, and cut to credits for every part one of a TV series. Yeah. And now bleeding into the next episode. Definitely feels more episodic than it's let on, despite its short runtime at time. Yeah. Yeah, to be honest, and with the budget of this thing, maybe making it a TV show would have been better. You know, you could have localized the the stuff that's happening. They didn't have to be in. They didn't have to do the do, the two stories and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And maybe that should have been the way to go. But you know, it's not what happened. They got Brad right, and I say that, and I mean they really didn't. That's good. Um... <laughs> So here's Irons, another person that I'm a fan of. Again, completely different to the game, but I think he comes up with some of the lines of the movie. I will say the uh, the the part about the shark and the snake. I, I obviously get it, but was mm. very very clunky um, yeah. in this and felt really. It's another thing where it just makes Jill look really odd. Mm. Um, yeah, it's forced forced referencing, isn't it? Yeah. Also, as a side note, I think the uh, the actor who plays Wesco would have been a really good shoe in for Richard. Like he does a visual <laughs> appearance. Yes. <laughs> the time is now. Check your locker. Sorry. Um... That's nice. Are you, the inquis- are you the Inquisitor from Red Dwarf? 
<laughs> I actually really dig the conflicted man who has to sell out his friends for money, but yeah. kind, of, kind of doesn't want to do it, but does anyway. So that's Ada, right? Sending him messages. Yeah, Ada's yeah. the one who. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it works, but it's delivered in such a weird way. I remember watching this in the cinema, and just thinking, okay, Jill seems really upset, but at this point, all he's doing is following kind of clues to work out what's going on. He hasn't actually betrayed anyone. Mm. Like, it's really odd. Like, it seems so. Obviously, it's not a great script, and we've already talked about how it doesn't give you a lot of what you need. But there's mm. so much stuff where. Well, there's so much to that scene where, like, he eventually says, "Hey, Jill, like, you know, I've got this pager and I'm getting these weird messages or whatever," and and it just feels like her reaction is so out of place because she's just losing her over nothing. Mm. Yeah, it's very odd. I say, Wesker, like you said, he doesn't actually do anything particularly duplicitous and evil until he shoots Birkin. Spoilers uh, for a film we're all watching together. <laughs> Ex- excellent use of language there, though. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> Hmm. If it had just said I've been given this, if it had just disclosed yeah. it, I've been given it. Well, it's even then. Like I was getting these weird messages, like you know, back in the day or whenever it was. I don't know, hundred percent remember, but I'm getting these messages, and then someone's given this palm part in my thing, and I'm getting these weird messages on it. I'm investigating, but it doesn't mean oh, I've betrayed you all. By the way. Hmm. Old Mass Rider. Off she goes. Slow down, Bill. He's not going that fast based on the lights behind. No. <laughs> what is your life's work, though? I've got to ask. Can I just point out the uh, the the actors didn't move in the way he'd suddenly breaks and did that. They literally okay. were just pretty chill there. <laughs> like they should have a bit of whiplash going on right about now if you were going at cry high, a crazy high speeds and then just break really suddenly should should what mm. oh silent hill nurse make sure you listen to her yeah. Steve, you're going to appreciate his hair again. Well, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how they did that. Because <laughs> he's bald for most of the... Well, not, not bald, but so, not sure. It feels... It looks flake. Yeah, so so exactly. fake. It's, it's drawing me a bit up. That's the, that's the hair that's closer to the game, I suppose, then. Hmm. To be fair, when you say it looks fake, at no one point does he feel like a scientist in this movie. No. <laughs> no, he no. doesn't. Yeah. Like he's he's definitely not the right casting in the sense that yeah I, I'm not saying he's a bad actor it's more so much he just fits that military cutout much yeah, better. Yeah, I was just gonna say he looks too much like he could you know fire a rifle and tear someone apart, whereas a scientist generally wouldn't look like that. But you know, oh, I can see we are coming to my my, my the, oh, mo- the, the moment in the movie I love the most. It's it's wrong and crap. Uh, and special for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> I love that people hate it because I just I just love it so much. No, I, I don't no, hate no, I it. I think it. it's amazing. It it yeah, it's one of the best moments in the movie. What, it what sums I'll say perfectly. is, as much as I enjoy this for fun, 
it's a shame it does look like a practice take. I think if the guy walking in on fire didn't just kind of saunter in, it would have been fine. I think Leon not hearing the explosion and stuff, you can put all that aside. It's just the walk does just like that look like they're trying out the effects and it's a shame. Maybe they literally, I think they just had one go at it and I think that's it. And they had to like it or leave it. I, I, I think it's, I, yes, I like to project onto these things. It's more entertaining mm-hmm. that way. Uh, I, I like the idea that the, guy, the guy's like, right, okay, so you are a zombie. You are staggering into this thing. You've been <laughs> you're all over the place. The same way as you're driving the truck, you're a mess. You come in. How do you want to do it? Like, yeah, just do this and put some music over the top of you. Amazing. It's like, okay, yeah. action. Guy just literally walks in like that. He's like, that's perfect. That's exactly the energy I was looking for. Like, <laughs> amazing. I'll put some music over the top. It'd be incredible. Yeah. Because, yeah, we don't know the director's vision. No, we don't. Who are we, and who are we to say this? I, I, Like I say, I'd be stunned if they thought that the take was good enough um, because of the walk. I think everything else I can buy, the walk is an issue, but <laughs> I like the description. It's an issue. Yeah, it is an it's issue. A, it's an A-class bug. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the soundtrack choice is just gold as far as I'm concerned. Obviously, <laughs> I've, I've already made my uh, statement about the soundtrack. It is what it is. It's beautiful. Oh, it it. Is. It's just something so special. <sighs> it's just amazing. And then even the way he falls down, it's just perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Side note, uh, just throwing out there, that is the exact pose we gave Police Chief Irons in the Resident Evil 2, the board game. Oh, nice. So it's a nod to the Resident Evil board game. Yeah. Out there. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can get behind that. Yeah, see? That's, hey, hey, it's official Capcom in, you know, Capcom product. Could be. Yeah, the um, that walk is very Shaun of the Dead, and obviously this isn't a comedy movie, but it has lots of fun in it, and I think I remember seeing that in the cinema, and my opinion just changed, and I was like, okay, there's going to be moments like that in this film and then I think my uh I just softened on it there and then and that's maybe why I came away liking it more than others I think that's the energy you're going for you know have more of that um, exactly don't, mm, yeah, yeah. don't don't have that one weird instance <laughs> of it it's a bit like um it's a bit like the hobbit right I'm watching the hobbit and mm. they kind of do their sort of their music number a little bit into that movie, and it's almost yeah. like then they completely forget that there was a music piece in the rest of the mo- in the movie for the rest of it until you get to like the end, and then there's another one, and you're like, you stuck. You started making a musical, got bored of the idea, and at some point you realize, oh, yeah, okay, we kind of film one scene. Oh, yeah. fine, just leave it in. <laughs> Should have leaned harder into the comedy, make it like an actual action comedy. Yeah. Well, it could be it. It can be borderline comedy and still a horror. And it just yeah, does feel like, yeah, it's just fighting with that. You know, there, there's so many constraints this movie had and they wanted it to be scary and they wanted it to have fun as well because they knew we can't make, probably can't make the scary film with all this stuff we've got to work with. So let's just do some silly moments. But then they just, the balance isn't there. And it's mm-hmm. a shame. Because Chief Irons is hilarious. Yeah, just to appreciate his lovely car here. We're not going to see it looking pristine for much longer. It's beautiful. I like the way he's obviously cleaned it a lot. It looks pretty nice. It's nice. Mm. It's like a mustard colour, isn't it? Yeah. 
Well, look at it though. It's so clean. And it's there's not no, in junk there's, no, yeah. there's no dirt on it or anything. It literally just like it rolled off the forecourt. It's, it's pretty oh, yeah. nice. I get the feeling he's. But the whole point though, like he's leaving now to flee because obviously he knows what's happening or at least has some kind of inkling, and he still it adds just runtime to the movie, even leaving and coming back. I, um, I don't know how I feel about that myself. I think there's lots of parts with this movie where I mean, like now for example, this should be the start of the movie, but yes. um, there's there's a whole bunch of stuff where you you need to just suspend belief. Yeah, because mm. it just doesn't. You know, you're, you're not watching a movie. You're not watching something that's been put together. I don't want to say like by professionals. That's mean, but you know what I mean. You're not looking. You're not put, watching something where it's been put forward and it, it's going to be have you know a conventional storytelling or something mm-hmm. even that you know works. It is something where you are watching just this hodgepodge of random scenes that's been thrown together in a blender, and you see what comes out. Yeah, it's uh, you know I've thought about this film a lot uh, before and after it came out, and I think it's hard to believe that you know lots of what we see is what was intended and Mm. i think why is that and is it budget is it the studio i mean i think sony clearly didn't care about this film i mean they gave it a for a horror it had a fair budget i think what was it It it's like 25 million you know you're lucky to get 10 for a horror movie but this needed more money because of the effects but then there well, was no marketing. And they had Spider-Man. Yes, and there was no marketing. They had other big movies, so it was almost set up to fail. And I think I can imagine they just forced a fair few... Um, what's the word? Not cuts, but I guess just ca- just um, caveats to get having the film being made. And I think maybe putting film one and two together was possibly one of them. Because it just blows my mind that that was ever a decision that a fan of the games, who Johannes Roberts claims to have claims to be would have ever chosen to do it feels like well, a studio decision and i think it's one of the main reasons the film suffers because this should be the start of the film you could do a whole movie on resident evil one and yeah and we end up with a hodgepodge like Sherman i think says. rep touched on this in their covering of the film where if they're sort of lines of it may have been a case of roberts didn't have the time like he knew he would get one he may not get a second and thought well i'm gonna do both yeah yeah. Yeah, but the way the way to achieve that isn't to then just make a bad movie. It is mm. to make a really good movie. It is but the way to achieve that is to make a movie that actually people go, Wow, you did this with barely any budget. No one thought you could do it. You did it. We're actually let's make a second one. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll mm. just pause for a moment to acknowledge Crazy Jill again. Um but <laughs> but yeah, and also the bird, which did look a bit nicer. That yeah. was a nicer looking bird. Good GG. Um but um <laughs> But yeah, no, I th- I think it's something where I think, um, yeah, I, I agree with you, uh, Mr. KDB. Like, it clearly is something where I imagine Sony came down and said, yeah, you need to do X, Y, and Z because that's how movies work. And trust us, this is how, you know, it's our money and this is what we'll sell. This is what. Well, and it's a franchise as well. So they're going to yeah. have a lot to say about it. It's not an unknown IP where they could have said, oh, yeah, here's 15 million, go nuts. It's like, hey, yeah. no, this is Resident Evil. All right, we, we might have the. And those other movies, no matter what you think of them, they made most of them made Sony loads of money, and yeah. so they're gonna have a say. And they've said, "No, we want to do a, a horror one based true to the games." And they've gone, "Yeah, but people don't play video games, so it yeah. needs to just be dumb and stupid." And it's well, like, I, I, yeah. I think it's more so much. You need to find a way that you can appeal beyond the audience because the audience, if exactly. every single person of the audience went out and bought this thing, that's not making enough money for us to give you the budget we're giving you. No. You need to appeal to an all wider audience to that. You need to reach out to like, you know, everyday Joe. I, I think the, 
the issue is is that I, I definitely agree with where you're coming from there. I, I think that's I, I think with for me this is something where again it's just this would have been a better movie if well no no actually no it's an easy way of saying it. Resident Evil's got such a massive you know, it, it's so many different things depending on what it is. I've talked to people about Resident Evil where they say that for them Resident Evil is squad based combat where it's a bunch of people with machine guns, it's ultra violence and it's killing everything that moves. Which is completely in contrast to if you speak to like anybody who played the original game. Mm-hmm. Um, for, yeah, because there's been so many versions of Resident Evil, there's so many visions of it. It just doesn't. It's it's something where I think there's so many people who can fall into so many traps of this is what we think the identity of this of this game series is. Exactly. And sadly, this this tries to be all of those things and achieves none of those things. Exactly. And I tell you why I think. Uh, because a lot of people are very quick to blame the director and i tell you why i think it's more the studio uh, people were working on this movie before johannes roberts came along uh, james wan mm. was actually working on this this film who is an incredible director and producer and like a, a modern horror master and i find it difficult to think that james wan would have left the movie um for reasons other than he wasn't getting he wasn't being allowed to do what he wanted to do as a director so mm. they brought in Johannes Roberts, who has far less sway, and just said, yeah, this is what we want to do. Can you make it work, please? And this is what we ended up with. Mm. It's nice. Um, this nice cinematography in this bit. I quite like this scene. There's lots of, the, of great, uh, the look of it. Yeah, it's cool. Lots of great cinematography. It's the, we did, probably we just, the strongest thing. Yeah, we did just talk oh, over the... What's that Romero uh, film that's not zombies, but a disease? <sighs> is it The Crazies? The Crazies, yep. Mm. Is this is this meant to be like some kind of homage to that? It kind of remember? is, yeah. Or, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. We did just miss the uh, talk over. Or sorry, I, we I I just talked over the hallway scene, which we should uh, apologise to everybody. We probably yes. should have nodded to that bit. It looked cool. <laughs> it nice it did look cool. It did cool. And you know, credit where it's due. It's 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 nice attention to detail in that sense, even if it is brief and it's just so mm. just focused on one part. It's cool to see this stuff. And we talked about this on the podcast. We've been so used to not seeing actual Resident Evil things on screen, or at least mm. seeing them done badly. At least that looked like the main hall, and it felt like the main hall. So you got to give yeah. them points. Mm. I think um, the Journey as a soundtrack there wasn't the best choice, by the way. Just throwing it well, out there. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> but doesn't he say the line earlier, the best way yeah. to get women into bed is to play them Journey? So I like that callback, even if it is a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's, there's Journey that probably would have fit better. Yes, um, of course, and but cost more money. Come on. Well, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. What are you trying to say? I, I don't know. I don't know whether if you can have Journey on there, it costs you more money to get specific tracks or not. Mm. I'm going to say on the subject of sets, how do we feel about the RPGs, like main hall, and I want to say a little bit of the exterior. Mm. Um, well. Again, it looks authentic for the most part. Some of it does feel a bit CG, but another thing I mentioned before is I like how some of the movie feels very hyper-real and mm. movie set, and it kind of gives it a nice little texture. Um, but it's so limited. We, we see so little of it, and which is why I would have just loved two films that explored the locations you know, more widely. Mm. I, I think for me, the, the issue is... You know, and and the the RPD main hall and the mansion main hall, not necessarily, no, perhaps not necessarily the mansion main hall, because the rest of the mansion they obviously film on set somewhere, I imagine. But they did but for the a R- bit, yeah. R- RPD certainly suffers from this, where it is something where it feels so disjointed. 
Like you have this scene which feels like it's in some massive police station, you know, like it's the underground car park for it. And then you see obviously the main hall which looks like, you know, the RPD main hall. But then when you look at like the office, the stars, the stars office, for example, it's some pokey little shed somewhere. If you yeah. look at kind of the, the prison cells, it's kind of basically one cell underground. If you look at Chief Iron's office that we saw earlier on or some of the tunnels they're going to go through later on where it's just bare like uh, like um plaster um yeah. plaster brock breeze brock um like it does just feel very much like there's no it doesn't feel like you look at this and go okay so i could see i, I imagine what this building is like the interior of this building is like or even the exterior it just yeah. feels completely all over the place no oh, oh, it's dear. the plastic dog everybody yeah. it's not even look doesn't even look plastic it just doesn't look like it's there which is such a shame beast wars sorry yeah um, it's it's a big big shame and i think you know, if you're doing this film, it has to be done right. And it, to be fair, you know, the liquor looks okay, uh, but you can see where the money went on this film, and it's not the dogs. It's not. It's the sad crash, because the you could do so much without actually showing stuff. No, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's the, and this that's the biggest thing about it. Like, think about what Resident, especially these Resident Evil games, right? Mm -hmm. RE one and RE two. There's so much where. The games are about running from brief oasis of light to brief oasis of light, and all the horrors is out there in terms of like the moans and you know the zombie you know zombies like talons reaching out in the dark or whatever else. There's so much you could do without having to use insane amounts of CG, and yep. it's a shame that it's just lacking that. No, and uh, not to give too much credit to to Paul W.S. Anderson, but the dogs in the original movie just look better because they were practical. And yeah. it's mm. it's baffling to me because CG is not cheap, even modern CG as it gets cheaper. And I just think if it's probably a production, it's more like a coordination issue where they don't want to spend the time and effort to have dog handlers on. Oh, we'll, just, we'll just add it in CG. It'll cost a bit extra, but it saves us scheduling and time and all this kind of stuff. It's less to manage in that sense, and then you end up with something that looks bad. So it wasn't the right way to go. Uh, also, as a side note, if you hit a dog with a fire extinguisher, I mean, I've never done it, but I'm pretty sure the doctors don't stand there barking at you while you hit it three, four times. Um, it'll probably jump, bounce What if it's around. a zombie dog, sure. <laughs> so, sorry, I've never hit a zombie dog with a uh, fire extinguisher either, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to stand there waiting for that to happen either. And look, so these shots of the zombies as well at Gates, I do love this. Now think of the second movie so resident evil apocalypse there are shots in that movie which are just blurred ghosted shadows on a wall and it looks so bad and i think lots some people praise resident evil Ap apocalypse as being close you know more faithful to the franchise but i can't forgive it for those horrible things and then i look at this and this is brilliant zombie stuff even in the you know all right with this film and all its flaws i gotta give the credit where it's due as i say those zombies are great. And they come across as diseased and deranged people yeah. rather than just straight-up corpses. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, to be honest, this is giving me flashbacks to Rammstein gigs. Um, but <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like you're at the front and you're getting smashed into the railing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, whatever works. I think the, the issue I have, and we will see this later on, is that the uh, the Chernobyl zombies? Uh, as as I didn't know that was mm. their name, but the Chernobyl zombies, and then the other zombies. Again, it's the same disconnect I was just talking about with the RPD building. Um, they don't feel like the same 
creature, and that's fine. That's that's perfectly okay. Like if that's what you set up, but there is no exposition to describe that. I'll talk about what that is. Are they the early stage, and then they become mm. the gooey zombies that we're going to see inside the mansion? Are exactly, they? Yeah, yeah. Are, are they I, kind of just a different yeah. thing entirely? I say I was under the impression the, man, the zombies in this mansion are meant to be uh, like later stage. Yeah, the, and head start they've stuff. been turned for a while. That's how I take it. But again, who are we to kind of? Try and add so much logic yeah. to these the, situations. The, the, yeah, the issue I remember is that when you actually see them break into the RPD building, you have a mixture of both types of zombies that doesn't mm. fit. Mm. So, mm. yeah. Either that, or there's just a whole bunch of those zombies hanging out in the RPD building. They just don't know. And stuff like this, again, this is potential for, and we, we've kind of mentioned it a couple of times, if we just had a Resident Evil 1, and I've also heard people say, you can't make a Resident Evil 1, there's not enough content, and it's I completely disagree, because mm. just stuff like this, you know, which could have been more drawn out, and yeah, there's so much to work with in RE1 that I, easily I think, could have had a full film. Yeah, I think the issue is is that people get stuck with simulationism. People think you have to recreate exactly what that game was and all the scenes yeah. and all of the locations. You don't. The key thing you need to do is is the themes and the ideas of what it is, the sense of isolation, the sense of you know tension as you go through things. Exactly. Like kind of that that journey of discovery of what is happening here. You know, are we looking for our buddies? Are we trying to survive? Like, yeah, what is this thing? Discovering secrets about the lab and all the other stuff. There's so much you can do that mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need to replicate on a one to one scale. There's loads of things you could do where you could have several people from stars running around or whatever else. And if, it's not winning green blazer. That's, zero Steve, you took the words right out of my mouth. I said, if people want to complain, complain about that. Where He's got the wrong outfit on. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't care about it. You know, that doesn't bother me. Oh, poor Enrico. Is that Enrico? Or I think so. No, yeah, Enrico, right? yeah Doody comes later in the lighter sequence. The, only the, thing guy who, about the guy who even looks just like Elliot Edwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, Richard here, the only thing I know about him is his actor really, really went to Twitter and social media about Alice over and over and over again. About what, sorry? Their entire social media presence since the run up to this film is basically trying to bash the other ones, the Paul W. Sanderson ones, uh, which is fine, okay. you know, oh, yeah. you know. I don't like them either. Yeah. But uh, that was his entire media shtick mm. for a while. Mm. I think he it's, was. Uh, I think he's like just glass really... asses, mate. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, I think he's just a really hardcore fan, to be fair. Yeah. Um, mm. Like I remember, I think this guy got in touch with us and asking whether we could send him. Um, sorry, us. I should stress by yeah. SFG asking if we could send him like some uh, exclusive like. Um, uh, Richard sculpts and like actually make some stuff for him uh, based off of his appearance here. Um, he's a he's a fairly hardcore fan, I think. Fair play. So it's not Jill's gun. I was going to say, what gun is that? Oh, I like that zombie. He's just hanging out. Like, oh look, food. <laughs> Oh, nice. And there is a mix yeah. because, yeah, there's, I guess, I could, you could say that's cr- some crimsons and then there's some lumbering ones as well. Yeah. But at least these guys, you know, feel like the zombies that you're familiar with, right? Which yes. is cool. Yeah. Um, it's just an inconsistency, I guess. Yeah. How the hell is Chris not dead or infected yet? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, that guy in a sensible jumper. 
Uh, is that a <laughs> consistency error where he just changed to a guy in a blazer? Because nice jumper man isn't there. <laughs> yeah, the the sort of first shot and then the shot where he put him against the wall. It looked like a different one. Yeah. You cannot just yeah you can't discard a, a nice MS jumper like that. That's just not on. Oh, that dude was just human, just standing there wondering what was going on. It's very peak British that we're talking about MS jumpers during an action sequence. Uh, yeah, that's on brand, I think. It, it speaks. It speaks to the quality of the action sequence. There we go. So you talk about music references. There's another one there, but there's also another '90s reference there. How do we feel about Snake on the phone? It's a, it's a double reference, if you like. I actually don't feel like many people playing Snake until the early 2000s, but that's just me. <laughs> Not to be that guy. I thought, honestly, going into this film, you know, I thought Yawn was going to be in the movie. And then when I saw that, the phone, I thought, yes, there we go. There's the foreshadowing. They're going to stumble across the snake in the mansion. And then it just wasn't. So, more disappointing. It would have been better if it was Richard playing Snake. Yeah. Hmm. This is nice. It's got a nice sort of Harry Potter vibe, isn't it? <laughs> mm. I actually do think some of the rooms in this mansion look like, you know, obviously not one-to-one, but actually really like on tone. Yeah. I mean, if they were playing, if, if someone was playing Snake in this room, it would work. And then you hear a big shuddering slither in the background. Yeah. I mean, if they can make a CG snake in 1997 with Anaconda. Surely they could have done it here. All they need to do is just have like a sort of hear the slivering noise and then see a big shadow moving past the window, yep. brick it and run out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't be, that, wouldn't be that much effort. Although this, I think, is actually the... Uh, is this the RPD building? Is this in the oh. remake, the, the library bit? It looks vaguely like somewhere in the mishmash between Zero and the uh, RPD one. So you're telling me that Brad not only took the helicopter up, back up, taxi into the air, and then crashed into the mansion while it was on the ground and was being bitten. Yeah. <sighs> uh, you've got to be careful. Uh, don't, don't don't say anything. I know more than most. Brad Vickers people are really into Brad Vickers and the superhuman feats he's capable of. Don't try and, <laughs> don't, don't try and talk those people down. They no. will come after you. This room's full of references. You've got the poster on the wall, mm. the, the ammo as well is directly from the games. Yeah. Uh, or from the remake, I should be, say. Yeah, two people who pretend to be characters from the games. It's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> Poor Leon. Yeah. I still think, yeah, again, he, he feels very much like original RE2 Leon. I think they got that spot on. Not the Leon that they turned him into over time, it's, but certainly that yeah, original Leon. Yeah, exactly. And it's funny because he's definitely one of the characters that had a lot of criticism, but I'm with you. He feels so much like that original Leon. And I think because I'm less interested in those later versions of Leons, that's probably why I care less about mm. people that can, you know, when they complain about that. Because I like him here. He's great. This feels like the Leon. As a, uh, a, a, a connoisseur of all things Leon Kennedy, uh, don't misquote that, uh, <laughs> I actually think he's the most normal to his counterpart character, yes, but he also he's, under, he's, he's undermined by some of the more out oafish things sure. that Leon ends up doing in this film. Yeah. Like Everyone else gets moments where they do some like, mess up, sure, but he gets the most, uh, not character assassination, but you know, not doing him any favours. 
Like this this scene in particular. Yeah. yeah. I, you say that. This scene I always felt... I, I remember watching this in the movie and I'm just... It had that perfect thing that good movies should do, but this one does for the wrong reasons, which is I was... I'm sitting there watching this going, come on, man. There are much easier ways to say, look, look, hi, I'm not going to hurt you, but there is a person turned into a zombie in my cell. If you could please let me out, that would yeah. be really nice about now and I'll tell you anything you need to know. Instead of just giving him a whole bunch of lip and then grabbing his gun and all the other nonsense that happens right now. There are much yeah. better ways to achieve what you're trying to do here, Ben. He drops the F-bomb far too much as well. Which just cheapens the dialogue. It hap- I mean, a lot of the characters do it. But yeah. But back to what I was saying, like this cell doesn't feel like it belongs in that, you know, that tower. Uh, sorry, the the main hall they've got mm. above them. If that makes sense. So it doesn't fit. So this is like, I think, the third exposition point in the film and possibly mm. the, the last one. I think Birkin does a little bit and then that's it. I'm, st- I'm starting to not learn a um, appeal on the design. He's, he's coming across as the, the dodgy geography teacher in a British crime drama. <laughs> mm. Maybe this was like a repurposed scene from Midsummer Murders. <laughs> <laughs> I want to totally watch Leon Kennedy in Midsummer Murders. Why not? Let's go. The crossover that the world didn't know they needed, but they really do. Mm. <laughs> You've got a gun. Again, another nice uh, the uh, Ramstein album cover, the one that had Duhast on it. Oh I've yeah, yeah, it's there yeah, with a the face in the black background. It's a great shout. I, I say that for size benefit, yeah. as much as anything. But yeah, just back <sighs> so to, back to Leon, just quickly, Steve. Like we, I think we talked previously as well about the strength of characters in this movie and character arcs, you'll struggle to find arcs with pretty much all of the characters, but Leon's is so crystal clear in this film. I'm not sure I'm a fan of him the what, him being the one that launches, that uses the rocket launcher, but it fits with his arc from the moment you see yeah. him drunk and to where he gets to bumbling over to being the hero. It's it's simple, but it's, it's perfect. It's coherent and you can hang on to it. And it's one of the strongest, the most coherent things in the film. And it doesn't get enough credit, I think. That's a lot of gore coming out of that zombie's mouth. Yeah. It's like it just had a milkshake or something. <laughs> just... Whereas Claire's arc is trying to uncover the conspiracy and then all of a sudden stop and start shooting things. Yeah. Yeah. Wesker's the only other character I think who has an arc. Yes, yeah, yeah. Oh, lo and behold, the two really divisive characters. <laughs> I mean, that's authentic. He dies in a prison cell. Yeah, this, this would have been the perfect moment for a random shoulder burster, though, you know, to completely stick the knife in the remake 2 version. Oh, goodness me, he's still alive. <laughs> Which wants to go back. with him? He doesn't want to be in this police station any more than they do. Have you ever pointed your gun in the air and got shot and gone, ah? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> 
Is that map? Not to get all nerdy, I'm assuming that map's also a reference, right? I think it's just yeah, there. I, yeah. I think so. Mm. Yeah. I keep getting stuck into just watching it, so that says yeah. something about the film. Well, so I keep trash talking it and actually enjoying myself. Yeah. Um, this thing is sort of strange fascination, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. This is another part where, you know, where I defend Jill because she so obviously she sees what's happened here and she says to Wesker no we need to go and tell Chris we've got to regroup she's she's sensible here there's some uh, classic delivery of line there you saved my life <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's perfect it was uh, I appreciate that a lot it was good I think Wesker's got this kind of energy in this movie a bit like Danny Glover does in Predator 2 where he just seems knackered at the start of every scene. Like it's like he just run around the block several times. He's too old for this. Yeah, pretty much. You see, so you could say you're trying to solve a case and you're doing some undercover stuff, Wesker, and you can redeem your entire character. No, no. no. Exactly. Like literally, just uh, well, he doesn't even have to justify anything. Like, what are you talking about? And this is the bit where he says, "Yeah, no, I've got this thing. I'm following a hunch," because that's effectively what he's doing at this point. Yeah. But I have a particular set of skills. Well, someone has to. Mm. So that's his motive, money. Hi, Nikolai. Although, to be fair, that tunnel raises lots of questions about impossible geography being a nice reference to the video games. Because <laughs> um, it just covers all the ground to Raccoon City. Because hmm. Claire and Leon show up pretty quick, don't they? If I remember right. Which is very appropriate for RE0's magic elevator being in RE2 and the, the way they actually would have to distort hundreds of miles or something stupid. Or uh, it shoots itself way off course to actually be the same elevator. Hmm. Not to get completely off topic. <laughs> See, this is good. I like these character traits from Jill. She's mm. not letting him get away with that. She's not being dumb. And then she sends him on his way. She doesn't stay with him. She's like, no, you're an asshole. I might be a gun nut, but I'm not doing it. Peas and rice. <laughs> <laughs> That was quite a nice shot, to be fair. And uh, no, I'm not talking about his accuracy. I was in that was actually quite the the, the way the zombie sort of spun around, having you know, uh, I don't know what the appropriate term is, but having been murked or whatever you want to yeah. call it, uh, spins around, sort of falls to the ground. That actually looked quite nice. Considering the, a lot of the other action scenes in this feel quite um, unplanned, sketchy, yeah. Oh, I see. She always the uh, is showing that she's the last part of the light as Jessica disappears into the darkness. Hmm. But this this is good. This is all Romero referencing and you know, mm. the Living Dead and stuff. Just replace it with the shopping mall. 
But why are they actually at the police station? Is the question. Well, my theory is their last sense of humanity is we need help. Let's get to the police station. But again, I don't think we should try and apply too much logic to this film. No. That's fair. <laughs> it's where the food is. Because that's the Romero thing, isn't it? They go why they go into oh. the shopping mall because they're brainwashed and they're just going to go shopping. Yeah. Um, but that's a more that's a very calculated statement. Whereas this, yeah. they're just staggering around going into places. Yeah. See, at this point, they've switched to not the zombies that you saw before. That guy, perhaps, but do you see our point? There's kind yes. of a mix of traditional zombies. Yeah. Um, like that one. Yeah, he's full. He doesn't he's really gone. fit. He's full blown. I do like that Chief Irons, I know a way out of here is to go to the car park. <laughs> They could have done a lot more there in terms of talking about how they're trying to fortify the police department and how you know, they want to make a last stand there or whatever else. Mm. They could have done a lot more with that. Mm. 4 a.m. <laughs> Two hours until Calblivion, if I remember right. Oh, Calblivion. Cowabunga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still surprised that Chief Irons is A, not really betrayed them, and is B, still alive. I always like with Chief Irons to think of Chief Irons and, you know, as the uh, RE 1.5 Chief Irons. I like that guy. He was kind mm. of fun. Dying on the couch. Well, more like I'm going to stay behind so everyone else gets out. I'm actually a nice guy. Can you imagine, like, whoever the whoever the original voice actor or whoever came up with that guy is like, oh man, you've really changed what this guy is doing. Like, you've really <laughs> spun him around. Like, he was the noble guy who was keeping everyone safe and you've turned him into, like, the supervillain from the whole thing. In this film, I just feel like all the competent police officers have left and he's... He's the only one left to do the job, and he doesn't really want. To. I mean, he tried to leave. We saw him try to drive off. He doesn't really care about them, and then he had no choice but to come back. Uh, he's definitely yeah. more of an idiot in this film. That shot was very not conniving. Long. No, well, it's just that conniving. idea of how are we going to get out of Raccoon City. Just drive to where a forest edge is and walk out. <laughs> it's not like you're landlocked on an island. Uh, sorry, you're on an island and surrounded mm-hmm. by bridges are the only way to get out. It's often it feel more like a uh, American high school, is it just me? I guess it does a little bit. I mean, in my mind, orphanages are always old buildings that have been, you know, around for a long time, which this does feel a little bit like. It's because mm. you've got the long hallway shots. Mm. It feels a bit buffy. Um, yeah. That's this cool. is quite nice. Yes, this is very good. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> Best way delivery ever. Hi. I mean, that's good. You you are supposed to be quiet around the liquors. That's considered. Yeah. That's it. Lisa Trevor is, in fact, the strategy guide. <laughs> I knew she was going to be help. I think the second I saw that shush in the trailer, 
I specifically said, well, she's obviously not a bad bad guy, not a villain. Well, see you now, Ryan's Lord. <laughs> Owie. Doesn't Bruce. really look like him. No. No, but I think the tear in the face is meant to be a reference to Remake 2. There's like a whole dude who got murdered by a liquor, yeah. isn't it? That, is, oh, that, yeah. that actually looks quite good, mm. uh, the liquor. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, most of the money went on... <laughs> most of the money went on this one liquor. Yeah, yeah. Everything else is just... Yeah, yeah it doesn't matter. And here we are with the... Uh, I mean, this is like Rock versus Austin, isn't it? Yeah. Just, you know, <laughs> this is this is serious com- serious conversation now. Is. This is the WrestleMania match you didn't know you needed to yeah. see until this movie. You could do. You could. I'm sure someone somewhere has put some WWE commentary to this and yes. make it. Yeah. <laughs> and a joke on Lisa Trump. <laughs> yeah. Uh, You've been oh torn in God. half. Yeah. <sighs> Lisa Trevor decides which remake is superior. <laughs> she does look a bit knackered as well after that, which mm. is nice. You'd think that she'd be more covered in slime after that. Like liquors do feel like they're kind of sort of slime cut. You know, they're sort yeah. of greasy, slimy creatures, don't mm-hmm. they? They glisten when they move. I'm still trying to figure out how the uh, the outbreak has started. I'm going to be real. <laughs> I don't think you should really apply logic to this. Though. Okay. <laughs> For all these horrible things to happen and get loose. <laughs> well, it probably all goes back to Chris, you know, and his, his frat boy house. But... Yeah, yeah. Left his pizza we're... out overnight and wrong person ate a bit. Yeah, I think we're now approaching the point where the, the movie's going to stop feeling like the cinematography is, is in a good way, mm-hmm. um, if memory serves. What I am looking forward to, if they do manage to make a uh, a sequel to this in any way, shape, or form, or decide that it performed well enough to make another one, is mm. is going to be the inevitable mashup of RE three and Code Veronica. Yeah, that feels like mm. it'd be really hard work for them. Authentic keys. Yeah. yeah. And I do really like the actual, like I said earlier, the actual aesthetic of it, and the hair bleeding through one of the mask mm. eye holes and. The, the look, while not one-to-one, is disturbingly reminiscent enough. More so than, like, say, Silent Hill 1's first movie's version of Pyramid Head, which is like some kind of buff gargantuan beast compared <laughs> to the weird duties in the game. Mm. So this orphanage has a secret little underground laboratory basement that's like two rooms aside. <laughs> which is five yeah. minutes away from the mansion. Something like that. Uh, See, this just feels a bit mean. Like, <laughs> it looks like she was going to go with them, yeah, and then Claire's like, like, no. No, no, goodbye. <laughs> I know you saved us from the liquor and stuff, but you're a bit weird. Yeah. You smell really funny. <laughs> like, no, we don't, we don't want that. And you're just like, come on, take Lisa with you. 
and die heroically saving them again. Yeah, she doesn't need to die. She can just go hang out with them. They're like, this is our Lisa. <laughs> She's a bit weird, yeah. but, you know. What do you think, Lisa? Mom, thanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Cheers. 4.23 a.m., such a random Very specific time. Odd, oddly specific, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, is this Chris's uh, gunfight now, this and lighter rampage? Scene, I feel like, so this movie had reshoots, and I feel like this was plonked in to just pump up some of the action because it's, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's just, it's just literally so standalone. I, I think there was a concept for, for this, for this sequence. And mm. honestly, I, I just, they missed the mark. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think if they storyboarded this at all, mm-hmm. then it was certainly something very different. Yeah. Look at that. That was terrible. Um, I think zooms are always all good. And that was a bad example of one, yeah. but I think, I think it's something where it's just yeah. Obviously, they were shooting for something and they just didn't hit it right. Yeah. Right, guys, keep things warm. I'm just going to be back in two minutes. I mean, to be fair, I know shooting action sequence from nowhere, but the actual atmosphere of the whole concept of being alone, surrounded by monsters, and not 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 bewildered as to what's going on—it's chaos. It yeah, it would have been better. It would have been better. Bearing in mind, this is not. This is still a scene that's obviously clearly got a lot of you know people in you know dressed up and everything else. It's not like they've just done loads of fast edits and these are just random snapshots of stuff. Mm. Other than the fact that this seems to be made to just basically sure make sure that anybody with epilepsy is dead by the end of the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the next thing I was going to say. It's brutal it, on that regard. Yeah, it's something where it would have been much, I'm sure, more interesting if like you have that initially and then one of the zombies falls back into a fire and obviously sets fire to something and then you've got a different source of illumination. Mm. That could be kind of fun, like some sort of progression of the scene. I'd say this whole gunfight sequence, I would have probably had it right at the beginning of the film and then like this little bit, you cut away and yeah. you start the film. So you have like, Chris, something horrible has happened to Chris and you have to figure out how they got there. Well, the other part of it as well is the lighting doesn't work here. Like, he's not lit just by that. You can tell there's other lights going on. They just yeah. need to go off. <laughs> like, it's Coming not what, what we're seeing. is not just the lighter itself. Oh, dear. Hi. Bummer. And then just need a big old you died on the screen. There you go. And then Jill, who just seems to have no care whatsoever. She's... That is very hard. That guy's just in a bathrobe, just come from the spa underground or something, <laughs> see what's going on. Right, so what pivotal plot points did I miss? Uh, um, you missed some awesome trigger discipline, opening fire <laughs> not a metre away from their colleague at them. Yeah, Jill has yeah, control burst, that's what we like to see. And uh, Jill Valentine apparently is, is really very good at that. She's the hero of this movie, I keep saying it. Uh, sure. You can keep saying it. Um, Poor Chris. This entire film is walked from room to room, got attacked, and had f**k all happen to him. He just he just seems thoroughly bemused at any given time. Yeah, he just doesn't know what the hell is going on about him. And in that respect, I guess he actually is a bit like the original OG Chris. Mm. He's just some meathead who found himself in the situation and just going through things and hoping to, yeah, okay, I'm sure I'll be fine at the end. He just needs to drop a killer pun about getting to the root of the problem and he's there. Yeah. <laughs> I, somehow, oh, it not, okay. somehow it had not occurred to me, but I realise now this movie really could have done with a Rebecca character as well. Mm. 
Uh, I have no idea how I've admit, uh, that's not been obvious to me yet, but it is now. So I know, I don't know whether Rebecca was in the original script. I know Barry was, and they took him out because some people had to die, to and they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they couldn't put him in this film. Well, I, I like that Barry's Barry's aura just broke it. Like, <laughs> you know, whenever I started talking, like the camera just blew up or something. You, know, you can't, do that can't Barry. put Barry in the storm and have him die. People won't believe it. Yeah, yeah, that's the way that people literally would riot in the uh, in the cinema screenings if Barry was not right. Yeah. Hashtag not my Barry Burton. Yeah, David Harbour for Barry maybe. Mm. Always. Ever since I saw every yeah. time ever since I saw him in Stranger Things, it's been yeah. a, a dead cert for me. Will, will he ever do such a thing? Don't know. But he would he would fit the role. Oh, I, I think he does anything, to be honest, Steve. <laughs> I, I like him as an actor, but I do think he does anything. I mean already this they're is... making Alfred look far too competent. Mm. So there's a sh- <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, I might have missed it, but there is a shot from the games, isn't there? The wing mm. the wingless yeah. body with the ants is directly lifted. Yeah, yeah. Dangerous. Yeah, that's right. So, is Birkin's goal to make what soup? Is he making the Astrid kids in this one, the super children or something? Uh, either that, or he's just as as Mr. KDB just pointed out. This is his uh, his limited edition Michael Jackson Dangerous album. Yeah, that we're just going. For. <laughs> um, I'm glad someone got the reference. Has he ever really explained what was waiting for Claire when she got taken off by those orderlies? You could, we can't have two flashbacks she to her said, being taken away by the orderlies. He said you've we got don't a see new what family, happened at the bottom. didn't he? So, yeah. who would that have been? Well, it's not really discovered, is no. it? Well, she gets away, doesn't she? Mm. I mean, is she. Upset I guess you could have been would? a Claire Ashford, maybe, mm, if she'd maybe. Have, you know, yeah. gone with it. Is she having flashbacks to when her hair was blonde and she was one of those children, like mm. tearing wings off a dragonfly? <laughs> His face. Okay, Willie, yeah. man, follow this. Can you just can you smile? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, you know what, Wesker? Sod it. Kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> Look at those triceps. I was, I was about to. I was literally about to point out the triceps. Like, yeah. That is a guy who does not skip. He might. He might skip. Jay looks a bit. He's quite lean. Okay, is this that... is a ra- this is a random room to walk into to yeah. take your kid and your wife into. Oh, oh by the way, honey, this is like this is what I do. Yeah. So isn't that that is a character, isn't it? Remind me, Steve. That's supposed to be. I don't know. Is that Maya's, Maya's daughter or somebody? It, oh, it could be. Yeah, it's a, um... I think they have a name, and I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Something like that. Okay. Mm. I, I would have to do a, a little do a, bit of can you do a, googling. Quick live oh. search. Gee, I, mean, I do like the way that you've got. Like, I'm making a virus. I'm not sure you have time to like professionally print a label for it if it's like a work in progress kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a brave choice. Birkin wearing the RE6 reference shirt. Just legs, saying. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because I thought it was a Hollyoaks shirt. Um, <laughs> so. Did um did Wesker's pistol always have the attachment on the bottom of it, though? Yeah. That's actually meant to be very similar to his actual in game one. Oh, okay. At least in RE5. I think it's like a laser module in 5. Yeah. 
This is the thing. They've spent so much time trying to be kind and nice with little touches like that, and yeah. they just didn't spend any time on the script. Yeah, mm. I, I feel I feel we've now got into the point, by the way, where the cinematography is not kind of the best. Falls apart um, a bit, yeah. The rest, the well, it this, at this point, just, it kind of, it's just here in the train, and then I think we're at the end. Yeah, mm. it feels it feels at this point like the last little bits where we've been walking around. Certainly, these scenes here, they just feel very much like they they do the job kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it's all very very Marvel movie in that respect. Mm-hmm. Yes, formulaic. Annette, trust me, don't do well. Sorry, wife of Birkin, please don't do that. <laughs> Well, actually, yeah, the thing that struck me in the cinema is just how chill Sherry is and how much she doesn't seem to care about so much of this stuff. No. Like, she's just seen both her parents killed, and then by the time she gets on the train, she's, like, grinning and hanging out with people, like, having a great time. Sequel hook, isn't it, for the Code Veronica movie? She's actually one of the Ashford twins in this. <laughs> uh, maybe. I'm completely talking out of my ass, don't mind me. Um, I know, we talk about fun speculation. Okay, she looks a little bit upset. There is a, yeah, but you're right. At the end, she definitely doesn't express that same. Uh, I, th- I think she kind of yeah. At that point, she's pretty much represents the audience, doesn't she? She just yeah. doesn't really care anymore. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Sherwin. I'm invested all the way. Oof, mate, you've been shot. I mean, I do like the way that Jill's machine gun uh, morphed into a pistol. It was good. I mean, that works. You know, as, mm. as if you don't like Jill, fine. But that's perfect. That's that's great script writing there. That line, because <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what she's been the entire film. Chris is just trying to understand what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a headache from it. Yeah. So I'm here to punch boulders, and that's about <laughs> it. He's, uh, I was here to shaft some guns, yeah. and Wesker has better guns, so I can't really do that. Robbie Amell has expressed that should they ever make a sequel, he wants a boulder punching scene. Which I think at this point, oh, just amazing. just do it. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. why not? See, Wesker isn't even evil. He's telling him how to get out alive, sort of. No, yeah. he's not evil, and that's what I mean. I like it, and you mentioned he has a strong arc. He kind of does, and I like the humanising of Wesker. It works for me. Mm. I realise it's different from the games, but that's that's fine too, guys. Yeah. You know, you can have something different. A character who's a villain, but not necessarily in the ways that's just, ha ha ha, well, mustache twirl, evil scheme. Yeah, and we're kind of yeah. maybe jumping ahead, but I guess the setup for the villain is Ada, because... Mm. Yeah, with the post credits, it's she's just going to be using Wesker. So you could theorise that maybe Wesker would eventually turn and help them again or something. Yeah, there's lots they could do. Mm. That's good. Mm. A lot of people uh, do take the mick out of this next scene and the way he's very uh, theatrical with his his monologue. Um but I like it. (laughs) 
Don't go that way. It says off limits. I just. Oh, it's just too muscly to get through. <laughs> That's the problem. What a hunk. Yeah. That's good. That's a good shot. You're not really helping my point about saying the cinematography is not good at the end. I know. But I, okay. I think, I suppose I'm more thinking about the CG, like, because that CG earlier was so bad. Keep it in the dark and it's fine. You know, you mentioned the yeah. snake. Just see the shadow and stuff. If you can just, just see the silhouette. Just like the thing. It looks good. Yeah. It's just, just like the thing. You can't make it look great in the light. You keep it dark. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, it's CG versus practical, but mm. you get what I'm saying. Yeah, it's all right. We're uh, we're definitely gonna lose the point now, but <laughs> yeah. But then again, it's like, how do you, if you think? And I thought about this long before the film came out. If you think of what the BOWs in Resident Evil, how do you ever make them look? They're o- they're only ever gonna look fake. You have to just kind of. What? And Unless and you pump was... so much money into it, which is just not going to happen, you have to just kind well, of that, let it go. That's kind of what I was driving at. Like the thing about Resident Evil, certainly the early ones, is not the visual kind of how much they jump out and they scare the crap out of you. It's the build to them. It's yeah. the fact that you know you just see some talons creeping around a corner. Yeah, you know, creeping around a corner. It is a shadow that's fast moving that scares the crap out of you. Those are the things that do, it's like a shot of like a shoulder of like Birkin or something yeah. like that. It's, the liquor mm, across it's the window. It's small things like that rather than a gratuitous kind of here's the liquor standing in front of you thing. That's the parts where you went, that's really cool. But it looks so cheerful. Again, like what the way he's delivering it is wrong, but the voice is good because that's what Birkin, how Birkin sounds, how he goes in and out yeah. of kind of, you know. Uh, you might script, something more. Yeah, I I think it's more the script doesn't feel right. No, it's that's the, the issue. It is the issue. It's yeah. RE five Wesker in Birkin's body. Yeah, <laughs> and yes, Yeah, the eye's good. I don't mind the eye. That looks quite cool. But then he has like a giant ear. Mm. Yeah. All the better to hear you with Redfield. <laughs> yeah. Do you know, I can't break away from this, but and this is a reference you might know, KDB, maybe not you, Steve. He sounds like the Shockmaster. The Shockmaster. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> he certainly does. Hmm. Um, I can see what you're going for. It's kind of stupid. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna be able to get away from that association now. <laughs> Well, we sort of stayed on that shot. (laughs) Yeah, there's a few moments like that. It's the first time we've seen Claire smile. Mm. (laughs) There we go. That was sorry, one, Chris. Yeah. That's a good line. Yeah, that is classic. That's yeah. classic, Leon. Yeah. That feels nice. Jill's got a Tamagotchi still. It's all good. Um, <laughs> she's like, come on, it hasn't turned into a little snake of a skull yeah. yet. It's good. 
dun dun. Twitchy, twitchy. Oh, no, Some more oddly specific times yeah, that yeah. just didn't need to be there whatsoever. <laughs> now this train reminds me more of the actual like this ca this cabin is RE zero, but the one we were just in was the original Resident Evil films like in a cabin of the train. Hmm. At least it feels like it to me. Perhaps that perhaps that's the uh, that's the homage to the original Resident Evil movie. Yeah. Mm. I like the lighting here. It, yep. it feels very Resident Evil, and you're right. RE zero is what it feels. Mm. I'm surprised it's not the RE2 train, you know, but eh, whatever works. I think we definitely crossed into the territory, by the way, of Sherry, who just doesn't seem to care. No. Like... Yeah, that stuff I cannot excuse. I know I. This film has flaws, and I have my critiques. There's lots I love about it, but then you look at that and you think, why were they not just directing her to be more visibly upset. <laughs> yeah, you've just seen both your parents kill yeah. and your dad mutate into a monster. And you kind of just seem like you're looking around your first day of school at this point. She is. Mm. Just give her a couple of lines. That's all you need to do. Like, she just looks disinterested. Mm -hmm. you're a kid oh, there you go. Around. There's a smile. Yeah. She's actually smiling. Two, two complete strangers. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't know what's going on, but yeah, she's happy and smiling. Yeah, un unforgivable. Ah, uh, yes. And that felt a little bit underwhelming, to be honest. Is it not meant to be a nuclear bomb? Am I going crazy? It's like it's caving in from the floor. Yeah. I'm not sure it's the... I, I think that they were sold like a Duff expir, expo, uh, sorry, exp, expiration... A Duff uh, self-destruct system, because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't feel like it's done exactly what it's supposed to do, to be honest. Well, I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels like if that's your way, if that's your method of blowing up all the evidence of you know, your wrongdoings, that was not the job. That was not the way to go. Hmm. It's why you could totally have a new game set in the Arclay Mansion because it's probably not been blown all the way up. Yeah, you know, uh, Cove Veronica's like base gets blown up by Alfred, and you still have a full like adventure with Chris in it. So yeah. Side note: There's a missed opportunity for a uh, for a nod there. If they'd had like on that thing, uh, they're just coding on top of the tank, uh, on top of the tank, on top of the train. They could have had like MA one two. Yeah, one I I thought that. And here they could have done. I mean, I guess they couldn't because they didn't have the money. Just have a minute of the hand slamming through the ceiling a few times before he actually appears. I hear they could have done lots of things they didn't do. Yeah. But this is my point. What do you do with this? It's always just going to look like a giant CG monster. So well, it's about as good as it's going to get. I don't think you put it in there. No, the yeah, no, I, I agree. That's it. You shoot some eyes. Yep. Oh, no. Chris. Good effort, but all it's all right because Leon's already beat the game twice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, not the line for this at all. No. Game over. Simple. Also, that it. is the worst thing to do, like Chris. You want to dive, run backwards, not just stand next to it and take yeah. cover. Whee. Sherry's like, is that my dad? Don't really care. No. Lol. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. 
Didn't like him anyway. Gonna... Yeah. What? I don't. This is the bit. I don't hate that. I got to be honest. That, I don't that hate energy that. was all Carlos, though. Yeah, no, it was. That, that's like yeah. a shot of Carlos in yeah. RE3. Yeah. Oh no, no! <laughs> what a way this to end the, the film. It's the twist. The cow was trying to get out. The cow almost made it, and it did not make it. And now it is sad. It's full of nineties references. Moments, like, yeah. Press F for respect for the cow. <laughs> So, did, did they use like a f***ing, what, an earthquake bomb? <laughs> yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's like that there were explosives underground the entire time and they just set them all yeah. off. Mm. So, so this, is, this is now the third uh, instance of them using a different way of putting text on the screen or we're about to see in a minute. Yeah. It really doesn't work. I know. This is, and this is them again just going, oh, let's just do what they do at the start of the game. But yeah, you don't, you don't need to do that here. Yeah, this, this and it it just looks really bad. Yeah. Um. I like the music. That's good. And some people didn't like the abrupt ending, but I didn't mind the abrupt ending because a lot of the old movies did that. As soon as the big bad was destroyed, uh, they did just ro- somebody said a snappy one liner and they rolled credits. That's exactly what those movies oh, did. Yeah, I think you need that one liner though. That's the yeah. point. Well, it's like anyway, the game, doesn't it? You get the helicopter and then they fly off. Yeah. Yeah. So that's John Carpenter's point again. At the same time, Mm. it's worth pointing out the endings are the worst part of like if you look at the even if you look at the remake of Resident Evil, Mm. the endings Mm. are the worst part of that game. Um, That's no excuse for oh this is how the game ended. No, no, no. I'm just saying it's very you know people bashing the film for I'm saying the games do the same thing. Yeah, not justifying either route. Based upon Capcom's video game. Hmm. Inspired by. With that, he added the uh, the inverted commas to that. Yeah. <laughs> like it so you want to hear a spicy take? You want to hear a spicy take? Oh, give me the spicy take. Go for it. I didn't think you were that bad. Yeah. Although I just have to turn your brain off for it. It's just you know the, the, the film is just like a unoffensive. Sure. Let's just uh, let's just watch this quickly. Oh yeah. Sorry. Yes. Uh, we'll wrap up. Oh yeah. I forgot. I, I could do a summary. I mean, that's good. Give up. them give them more credit, right? I mean, that just looks like what it's supposed to look like. I mean, there's a bit of a comedic element there, which there is, is kind of fun. <laughs> he should have just said, my eyes, my eyes. Thank you for saving my life. <laughs> uh, I need your clothes, your boots. Look at that definition, eyes. bloody hell. Oh yeah, this this guy clearly like found out he was going to be in the movie and just went, okay, I'm going to live in the gym now. He did. Months. There we go. So there is a deleted scene with Ada as well, where she approaches Wesker earlier in the movie. Mm. Um, but I don't feel like the film needed her. It's a good setup for a sequel, which we're probably never going to get. But one hopes. Um... <laughs> The glasses are quite fun. All he needs is that kind of spliff thing, and it kind of works. Yeah, <laughs> the deal with it thing. Um, yeah. Do you ever see uh, sometimes people put the fake audience reactions over really mundane things, like people losing yeah. their minds? We need that for there. Wesker putting his sunglasses <laughs> on, the crowd cheering and applauding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, so there we have it. Credits have rolled. And welcome to Raccoon City. So now I made myself quite clear in the past that even with some of the glaring, glaring flaws with this movie, I do have a lot of fun with it. Uh, It's easily my favourite Resident Evil film. Um, I have huge complaints about the way it was sold to fans and it was kind of almost set up to fail financially, I think. Um, But with that being said, there also are plenty of people who enjoy it. Um, and now we've watched it again today. I think it'd be good for both of you to give a bit of a roundup. What are your final thoughts? We've seen it for the third time now. Uh, we all have. Steve, let's go with you first. What's your fir- your final thoughts on Welcome to Raccoon City? Honestly, like it's not a film I'm going to go out and go and watch intentionally. Like I have had a blast with Sherwin and Kelsey here, but generally speaking, it's okay. But it's the same with all the other Resident Evil films. Like, I can feel like this one's got slightly more of the heart in the right place in some areas, like the aesthetics and set design. The narrative, not so much. Like, there's only two standout characters that we can really pick an arc for. Everyone else is kind of peters out. And, yeah, if you want a dumb film to watch on a Saturday afternoon with friends that's sort of loosely based on the Resident Evil franchise, you're okay with this. Although, if I had to pick of the live-action films... Oh, goodness me, probably still the first one for me. Uh, that's because it has a, a, a narrative that's like, you know beginning, middle, end set up. Whereas this just kind of goes a bit all over the place for me. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's not great by any stretch of the imagination. It's fine. That's uh, that's fair. Sherwin, final thoughts? It's a Resident Evil movie. Uh, that comes with its own reputation and its own uh, stigma. I think this one doesn't really deviate away from that. If you're a Resident Evil fan... Yeah, you can watch it, but don't try and watch it and think this is going to be Resident Evil that you recognise. This is going to be someone's take on Resident Evil. The same, to be fair, that any game that's released for Resident Evil or any content that's released for Resident Evil now is is someone's take on something. It's not going to be the original games. They've long since moved on from that. Mm -hmm. Or yeah, whether your original game is RE4 or RE7 or whatever. Um, Yeah, I think this movie, in some ways, feels nicer uh, than anything else any of the other Resident Evil movies like the cinematography just cinematography feels better it's it's you know it, it's kind of in its own way it does lots of nods it tries to be very faithful to things it feels like someone was working very much within very limited parameters to try and get what they could into it yes um, I think unfortunately it, it falls down creatively for many reasons uh, not least of which is there's just no coherent plot to it that anyone who doesn't have who isn't us effectively like re super fans would actually understand or be able to follow and sadly those same re super fans are served very badly by this movie because it does crap on so much that we know and, and love mm. um but that said you know again it's probably one it's probably the better the better one of if you know certainly if not what if not the better one then one of the better ones of the resident evil movies i'd probably rather watch this than i would any of the others mm-hmm. um and you know, these guys have kind of have done their best. I think so. There's there's certainly some parts in it which are quite fun, and I think as long as you don't take it too seriously, it's quite it's quite fun. The thing that makes me mad, not to jump in, is that this obviously has its heart more in the right place than yeah. the previous efforts, and because it's likely just been kicked out of the door and not supported by Sony and so on, it's gonna get like gonna send the wrong message to us, and they say, "Well, we tried to do it like the games, and look how it turned out." So let's try it the other way. I don't. Though. I don't think. I don't think Sony really care. To be honest, I think it's more about. 
I don't think anyone. I, I think Sony is the sort of size of organization that there's never going to be something where, unless it's someone within Sony with quite a bit of clout, it's it's never going to be something where they ever look at this objectively and do that. It's it's just a money spinning exercise, the same as a Spider-Man yep. movie or anything else like that. Really, mm. it's just that's what it is. They're looking at this, going, how much money can we milk from this thing, and you know, by using a template because that's the safest way to do anything. Yeah, no, I think I think that's it, and I think those, I think Sony not uh, have not being as invested in it is clear from uh, the marketing, uh, which I've complained about and complained about. Um, I guess to us sometimes Resident Evil feels bigger than it actually is. Um, it's certainly not as big as Spider Man. Um, no, so definitely it's not. Just no. you know, it's no. just no point even trying to compare. Um, but. Yeah, it's, I think both of you have kind of shared similar thoughts to what I would say is generally the broad view of this film, that it's not great, but there's some things to have fun with. And mm. and generally, it's one of the most enjoyable ones. It's fun. It's funny to think that if you're a Resident Evil fan, oh, maybe you won't enjoy this. It's like, well, you know, lots of people are different. Lots of different types of Resident Evil fans are out there, like you mentioned earlier, Sherwin, and how they see Resident Evil. So um, mm. I'd say most people I know that have seen this movie thought it was quite fun. And then there's a few staunch fans that are absolutely wish that it didn't exist, which is a bit of a stretch for me. But um, uh, but that being said, it's been fun to uh, do the commentary here today. Maybe we should do all Paul W.S. Anderson movies, eh? Oh, gosh. No? I need... I, 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 oh... <laughs> Uh, I don't I, I I'm starting to think I need to start. I won't be involved. I think um, um <laughs> I, I like I like your I like your intent. Let's start with let's start small. Yes. Maybe we'll do a commentary on on something else that is anything other than that. Yeah. And then we'll <laughs> from there. Let's do that. I'm, ha- that. I'm happy to go with that. Um okay, well let's wrap things up. Um thanks everybody for listening, for joining us for our first ever uh, first commentary. Um, please do spread the word about First Aid Spray. Come and follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast feed, YouTube channel, uh, and you can join the Discord and chat with other people who love to welcome to Raccoon City as well and the Pueblo people themselves. All the links can be found at uh, f8spraypod.com. Uh, and as a wise Sai once said, have a good week. Mm-hmm.